Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Hey, um, we're talking about good ideas, and uh, we've been talking about rules, and we've been talking a little about stop signs. So I guess I want to ask with a question, have you ever, have you ever run one of these? I'm not asking if you got caught. <laughs> did you ever run one? Yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever run a stop sign while you were taking your driver's license test? <laughs> I did. Yeah. It's a true story. 16 years old, Springfield, Massachusetts. Man, this is back when the state police, I think it was the state police that used to run the license exams. Terrifying. Terrifying. And they had a route that they took you on. This is back, we had the driver's ed car with the brakes on both sides, and we're driving down this side street. And all of a sudden, the officer in the passenger seat locks up the brakes. And he looks at me and he says, do you normally stop for stop signs? <laughs> and he points to the window out my side, and sure enough, there was a stop sign. Man. Hidden behind a tree, strategically placed where a newbie driver is likely not to see it. I've been bitter ever since. That was a total, total plant. I mean, I, they put that stop sign there just to trick people, and it worked. And I failed the test. And ever since, I've been thinking, man, that was a scam. They just, they just put that there to make it harder, not fair. That's how we come to a lot of rules in our life, isn't it? A lot of stuff, man, just not fair. They're just making these rules up to kind of make the game harder. Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose, so let's, let's conjure some stuff up. At least that's how we often think about the rules. But here's what we're discovering. God's rules are literally good ideas for flourishing. They are God's pathway to a full life. And so when he tells us, don't do that or do this, he's actually providing us not with an arbitrary set of rules made to make the game a little bit harder. He's actually giving us a pathway of good ideas on how to live a life that is full. So here is another good idea. I know I said that last week was the hardest, but I've come to look at the list and think that none of them are particularly easy or why would we need to talk about them? So here it is listening. 
Yeah, I just wanted to hear that groan when I said it. Just kind of a, oh, listening. Man, does the Bible have a lot to say about this? It's like God was putting in stop sign after stop sign after stop sign to warn us, to show us this good idea. Here's what it says in Proverbs 16, 20. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. A couple chapters later, in chapter 18, verse 13, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Woo. A couple verses later, I like this one, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. One more chapter forward in chapter 19, verse 20. Here's what it says. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise for the rest of your life. Man. And we're just scratching the surface. There is a lot here about listening. So why is it a good idea what is it about listening that is so important that it leads to a full life? The New Testament book of James has a lot to say about what we say, but it also opens up with this that I thought was pretty important. James chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, is about to explain why listening is a good idea. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Verse 20 finishes the thought off by saying, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. You see, it turns out that listening protects us from, from two things. It protects us from damaging words. There's something about listening that protects us from saying the wrong thing. Because it turns out words have incredible power. Never the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Remember that? That's a lie. Come on. Come on. Listen, I got beat up as a kid in the streets of Springfield. I don't have any scars or bruises from it. I'm good. But I can still remember choice words spoken to me as a young person. I bet you can too. You're thinking of them right now. That word that someone spoke and they long since forgot they said it. But you can't. Because words have a power to stick in our life. And here's what it's saying in James. It's saying listening, listening quickly, listening first 
has the ability to help keep us from saying, speaking, using damaging words. And here's something else it does. It keeps us from useless anger. I love how it finishes. This, this anger, this anger in verse 20, did you catch that? Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. It keeps us from useless anger. And I, I want to I add a qualification here because not, it's not speaking out against all anger. It's talking about the danger of anger. It's talking about the anger in our life that is just useless. Here's what Ephesians 4, verse 26, I, I like the King James version of it here. It's what I grew up memorizing. Be angry and sin not. Remember that one? Listen, anger's gonna come in, but make sure that anger doesn't lead to wrong behavior. Make sure it's not useless or worse, damaging. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Anger alone is not what's wrong. Anger has a habit of getting out of control. It's like a it's like a car with no brakes, man. It's all gas pedal. It's just, man, I'm angry. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I, I, and, we, and we can't control it. And here's what it's saying about listening. It's saying that listening has the ability, the power. It's a device in our life that protects us from damaging words and useless anger. How does it do that? Well, in part, it just slows us down. It makes us realize things we didn't realize. It's like those, we're located on this highway here on Route 151, and uh, this is meant to be what they call a high-speed corridor connecting parts of Cape Cod. It's a great place just because it's easy access and a lot of place for people to come here. But, but one of the problems they have is it's a long stretch and people like to go fast, too fast. So a couple years ago, they started, you've probably seen these, they, they started installing these, uh, these speed, they started with just speed limit signs, just reminders that the speed limit here is, I should have looked at what the speed limit was, I don't actually remember. But it's, uh, thank you, 55, 50, 50, thank you, thank you. People are giving me hand signs, you got my back, I thank you for that, Charlie, that's good right there. That's a good friend right there. Somebody sees you dying and they come to your rescue, people. Love that, right? So they put up speed limit signs. You know what people did? Ignore. Nobody paying attention to that. You're just rolling with the traffic. So then they came up with these signs. You've seen them that have a, uh, a speed a speedometer, uh, you know, built into it, and it puts up your speed. And if you're going the right speed, it's a, it's a nice, it just says it just kind of sits there. If you're going a little too fast, it starts blinking. And if you're going really fast, it turns red. It's angry. It's like it's, it's like it's, it, it, and, and what, it, what it's doing, it's, it's like, hey, 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 oh, so, 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 so down, right? You, you might not have realized how fast you were going. I want you to slow down and listen. Do you see what listening does? It, it slows us down before damaging words and useless anger take over in our lives. Hmm. 
Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? So why is it so hard? <laughs> why is it? Why is it so hard to listen? I mean, I don't have any problem listening when people are telling me nice stuff. But why is why is listening so because there's a kind of listening that's difficult. And here's why. Hard listening is almost always about what I didn't know or didn't want to know. And it's usually the latter, not the former. What I didn't know, huh, did not know that. Or more often, it's about what I didn't want to know, and that's why I don't want to listen to it. So I thought what we would do is we would maybe just offer some practical tips from Scripture around this idea of listening. Like, how can I make listening a valuable part of my life, or at least a better part of my life. So if you like to take notes, let me give you four things to write down. Or you can look them up in the app, or you can just remember them because you're amazing like that and you're gonna listen really good. But here's the first one. Resist your first reaction. I'm not saying your first reaction is always wrong, but your first reaction is almost always wrong. Like there is something in us when something happens, when something goes south, when something disappointing or contrary or adversarial shows up in my life, my first reaction is almost, there's like a gut reaction. I'm not saying it's always wrong. <laughs> but almost always because there's a part of me that just wants what I want and I want it to be this way and sometimes the most important thing is just to resist the first reaction because here's what's happening there is a voice speaking in you and it's usually first and it's usually lying I'm going to prove this to you in a moment, but just, but just bear with me. There, there, is a, there is a voice, there is a call, and this is why you, along with the great Apostle Paul, if that helps make it easier, this is why you do things you don't want to do. Anybody here like that? You do things you don't want to do. No. Man, amazing, amazing. Because Paul said... <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. I do the things I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I don't do because, man, there is something inside of us that is pulling us and it's often first and it's often lying. Now, let me read it to you. This is, this is a tough passage. So just buckle up, okay? John chapter 8. Be bear with me. Like, don't cut out, like, if you're watching online, if you're just like... Don't, don't cut out after the beginning. Just hang, hang with me, okay? For 
For you are of, here's what, <laughs> Jesus, by the way, in case you wonder who wrote this, uh, said this, G John chapter eight, verse 44, for you are of your father, the devil. What? That's, that's, not a, that's not a friendly way to start a conversation. Like you're, you're like your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. Dang. That's like, like, like put the, draw a line in the sand, drop the hammer down. Now here, here's what it's saying. If there's, a, there's a part of us, of all of us, that's not right. One term Christians often use for this is my old nature. There's a part of me that's just not right. That's what it's saying here. But then it, it goes on to say, let me tell you about this voice inside of you because none of you are, not you, not me, none of us are, uh, are born without this nature, without this brokenness that's a part of our lives. So he says, let me tell you about this voice that's usually first and usually lying. Remember about a year ago, we talked about the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? We talked about these three influences in our life, and we're born into this world with these influences. So he says, let me tell you about the voice that's usually first and usually lying. Here's what it says. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. He is a liar and the father of all lies. <laughs> in other words, there is, there is something in us that that perpetually pulls us towards what is a lie and what is destructive for me. And I need something in my life that resists the pull towards what is broken and what is wrong. Listening does that. You ever get pulled over because you put one of these or maybe you're going a little bit too fast? Hasn't happened to me, but I know people and when I talk to them... <laughs> They tell me that the officer will ask you a couple of questions, right? Like, how do you know how fast you were going? It just feels un unfair. I... And, and then they'll often ask this, why? Why? Well, now you have an answer. My father is the devil. <laughs> now you have an answer. <laughs> All the police officers in the room were going, not a good idea, not a good idea. Ticket for that one right there. Like, what is it that draws me towards that? Why do I react that way? Why do I want that thing? Why do I want to say that? Why do I want to do that? Listen, there is a voice in you. And I don't mean an audible voice. There is a pull towards things that are destructive. And often it's the first voice and it's lying. And what we need is something that just says, whoa, wait, resist that first reaction Listen. Hmm. 
Uh, here's another, if you're writing, writing things down, I'm going to read you. This is a great passage. Uh, surround yourself with the right people. Here's what Proverbs 11, verse 14 says. Where no, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where no counsel is, where no, where no advice is, where no wisdom is, where no input is, where no conversation is, it's danger. People fall. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. It's not, it's not talking here about like a, you know, a counselor that's a $125 an hour. I think there's a place for that, but that's, that's not what it's specifically referring to. It's talking about the, the wisdom of who you surround yourself with. A little over 30 years ago, coming up on 31 years ago this summer, Tammy and I moved to Cape Cod to uh, start Cape Cod Church. It was right about this week. It was a school break. We had taken a trip to visit friends in, uh, in Pennsylvania that God started to move in our heart about coming and starting a church. And then just there was a, a series of rapid events that got us here in, the, in that summer. And then in August of that year, we held our first public service. And, you know, we're... You know, we got a little plumbing building and a little piano and some pews. And uh, some of you, there, there are a few people around here who go all the way back and can remember those days. But man, it, it, it you say, what did it feel like? Weird. It just felt weird because I was 23. She was 23. We didn't, we, we didn't feel like we were ready for this. You know people that are 23, nothing against 23. I, I just look and I'm like, what was I, what was I thinking? But here's what I did know. I knew, I knew one, it was just, it was a moment of just, maybe I got lucky, I don't know, but I began praying every day, and it became, it became a rhythm in my life. It, it, it naturally evolved into seven things, but it started with one thing that I would pray consistently for, and the very first thing I prayed for is, God, give me wisdom. I believe that's what, that's what it said in Scripture. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and he who gives to all men liberally, generously, and he doesn't withhold it. So I just took him at his word, and I just started praying. I prayed, God, would you, would you give me wisdom? And you know what he did? He gave me Tammy. <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but it's actually true. It's 100% true. 100%. Like, he sent that woman, that, that, that steady unflappable, unimpressible. She's never been impressed with me a day in my life. <laughs> she would, we, we had this thing early on where, where, where we would talk about how was the sermon because I mean, who else was I gonna ask? She was the only one there. <laughs> she says, it's pretty good. So I, I was like, pretty good's not helping me, honey. And so we came up with a baseball diamond, single, double, triple, home run. And our old mantra was like, you don't have to hit a home run every week, but you gotta get on base, you gotta get on base. So, but honestly, if she said a single, I never felt very good about it, right? But God sent her into my life as this consistent voice of wisdom for over 30 years. 
God's just used her to speak wisdom into my life. But you know what? Over time, he's, he's broadened that group. I, I sometimes joke that our staff is an embarrassment of riches. I can walk out of my office and down the hallway and door after door after door. Behind it sits some of the brightest, most committed, godly people I know who get it and are pouring their lives into this place. And I can just sit and I just, I'm filled. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I can go and I'm like, man, what in the world? And back comes questions, direction. What a gift. Man, over a decade, almost 15 years ago, I started a small group. I don't host it and I don't lead it, but I go to it. And honestly, I was thinking about it this week, getting ready. This group of probably 15, 20 people over time, it's just become a source of wisdom. You just get together with people. You do life with people. You lean in. You tell stories. You share family. You share struggles. You share prayer requests. And over time, you realize that you have a band of people in your life that bring wisdom. What a gift. We have a board here at the church, an executive team of people that have just been a gift, wise people who God has gifted in other areas, in other avenues, in the marketplace, in academia, in those places, and they just speak wisdom. What a gift. I take people I want to talk to out for coffee. It's the cheapest counseling you'll ever get. It's like, I'll buy coffee. There we go, Panera. Like a buck. And man, I just want to like sit and listen. Let me ask you a question. Lean into it. I have on my phone, I have three different text groups of pastors. Each of the groups has two other pastors into it. Sometimes I send them all the same stuff. Sometimes it's nonsense. Sometimes it's crazy news. Sometimes it's celebration. Sometimes it's prayer request. Man, I'm honestly, I'm blessed. I bet you are too. Here's what I'm saying. It's better to be surrounded than it is to be smart. Let me just say it again. It's better to be surrounded by the right people than it is to be smart. Because you ain't that smart. And neither am I. I'm not that smart, but I'm surrounded. And for 30 plus years, I've been surrounded. I haven't always listened, but I'm surrounded. What an incredible gift. And I bet... You are too. And maybe this is just a reminder to surround ourselves a little bit more. Here's the third. Uh, ask questions. Ask questions. Let me read to you this verse from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, Tune 
your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Did you catch that? Tune your ear. Concentrate. You ever been in, you're at home, background noise, games on in the background. You're talking with one of the kids, a parent, a spouse, whatever you're talking. You're just kind of talking like room to room. And you can sort of hear it. And then they say something. You know, I, what was that? Huh? What? And you know, you know that awkward moment where you're like, do I care enough to actually ask what they said? <laughs> you're sitting next to that person. I know that's why you don't want to laugh. <laughs> I get it. Tammy's not in this service, so I can say whatever I want. But next service, totally changing this. You're like, ah, was it important? I mean, was it? I mean, is there a test? Am I going to miss something? And then sometimes you're like, whoa, 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 what, 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 what did you say? I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear that. So you might turn down the TV. You might come closer. You might look at them because there's something about looking at a person that enables you to focus on what you're... What are you doing? You're tuning your ear. You're concentrating on what they're saying. That's what asking good, open-ended questions does. It tunes our ear. It concentrates... Ask good questions. All right, one last one. I wrote this in a way that be, uh, I hope is easy to remember. Let them catch you. Let them catch you. Let them catch you. Um, <clears throat> there are some people... You, and you're going to know who I'm talking. You're, you're going to have people in your life. There are some people who are professional stop sign holders. They love to walk around and go, stop, 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 stop that. Stop. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. Nope, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. You know the kind of people I'm talking about? Run from them. There are some people, they just love a stop sign. They're like, they're like, they walk around with it because that's their job. At least they think that's their job. I'm gonna, I need to tell everyone about this. They've got, they've got a personal area, a mission around the stop sign. And you know what we've learned to do? <laughs> we have learned to avoid those people. That's right. And if you think I'm about to tell you to stop, avoid, I am not telling you that. I am not saying that. There are some people whose mission in life is to discourage you. There are some people that are just opposed to you and who you're following and what you're doing, and you've got to be wise enough to discern that out and say, that stop sign's not for me. That's not who I'm talking about. You see, sometimes there's people in your life that love you. They'd give anything for you. And they're holding a stop sign because more than anything in the world, 
They want you to have a full life. If you have someone in your life like that, you're lucky. Let them catch you. Let them catch you. Proverbs 27 and verse 6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend. Sometimes God's put someone in your life and they're speaking something that is hard to hear. And they love you. I'm not saying that everybody that loves you is always right about everything. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But sometimes God has put someone in your life and they're chasing after you because they love you. They're a gift. Let them catch you. Sit with them. Listen to them. Celebrate them. The Bible says that God is chasing after you. One of the great truths of Scripture is that we do not chase after him. Oh, we may be looking, we may be seeking, we may be, but it is, it is God through his spirit that comes after us. He is relentless in pursuing us. And sometimes it feels like, it feels like he's putting stop signs up and he's telling me, I can't have what I want to have. But the truth is, he loves us. He loves us. And he wants only our flourishing. I finish most every week by giving an invitation for people to say yes to Jesus Christ. Because I know sometimes we, we come to this place and you may be here today and you've been, you've been wrestling with Jesus because you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know if I want to give my life to someone who has a stop sign. And all I can tell you is this this friend, Jesus, he loves you. He loves you. And he gave everything. That's how you know. He gave his life so that you could live a full life in him. Here's what Jesus said. I've come that they might have life. They might have it to the full. That's why he's after you. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed and just a quiet moment for us to reflect. Maybe you need to go back and just kind of rest in that place on listening. Maybe God sent someone into your life. Or maybe he sent you into someone's life. 
And maybe you sense that Jesus is coming after you. He's calling you. He's, he sent his son for you to prove once and for all that he loves you. Maybe this Sunday in a message about listening of all things, you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ as your Savior to embrace his gift of forgiveness. And if that's you, then I just want to invite you to pray. A simple prayer of confession of faith, not to a pastor, not to a church. It's between you and God himself. You might pray something like this, dear God, I, I come before you because I know you know everything already. I confess every story, every secret, every struggle, every sin. I ask for your forgiveness. In Jesus Christ, I trust in you and you alone as my Savior. I invite you into my life. Help me now to live my life fully for you. I pray. Our heads are still bowed. I just. I want to pray something else. For those of you who might be holding the stop sign for someone you love, you feel like giving up. I don't want to listen. Father, for, for every husband or wife who is speaking that word of wise but hard to hear truth, would you strengthen them? For every mom or dad who's faithfully holding up the sign and saying, I love you. I love you. Don't go there. Fill them with your presence. Strengthen them for this purpose. Remind them of your faithfulness. For every brother or sister, friend or neighbor who has taken up this mantle because they sincerely love someone. Might we experience 
the power of your presence that reminds us that it is you who are at work in this world and in their lives. We pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.